We are here, chilling at the house. Eddie King came over for catch-up. How you doing, Eddie? Good, how you doing? Good. Um, so you're over here in town, San Diego. How's AZ? Is it starting to get warm yet? It's perfect weather right now. You've been riding out there? About every third day. It's been good. What kind of mileage do you do when you ride? Uh, I have a loop that I do. It's about 13 miles. Good climb. I get done in about an hour, a little over an hour, 10 minutes. Yeah. Load it up and go home. I was explaining to my wife last night, we're talking e-bikes because, you know, me and you had been texting and stuff. How much benefit is there on an e-bike, like the fitness and stuff? Because obviously it's, we're going to talk about it a little bit because I'm totally numb on all of it. Oh, you can still get fitness on an e-bike. You just lower down the power assist and you got to remember the bike's 50 pounds. So you've got it if you need it. And if you don't want it, you don't. Don't use it. So some people will still go for rides on them and barely use it. Yeah. Maybe just on a uphill sure. or something. And you can still, the thing is that you've got it there in reserve, but you can extend a normal 10 mile mountain bike ride two or three times longer. Yeah. So you go deeper into wherever you're at and come back, or you can do a couple extra loops. You know? Did you, because now it's, it's a world championship thing as well now, isn't it? Has that already happened, the first one? For the e-bikes? Yeah, on the e-bikes already, UCI, yeah. I've already like, yeah. kind of acknowledged UCI it. I did one last year. Did you watch it or anything? Two years ago. No, I didn't watch it. I don't know. I'm just not interested in seeing the UCI put on the rainbow jersey on, yeah. on e-bikes. It's like... It's weird now when you see the freestyle guys with them, don't you? Yeah. And girls. That's okay. That's good. It still looks kind of strange, though. Yeah. The e-bike thing is... I don't know if it's a... I just see people cheating. I mean, not cheating, like, literally, like, cheating, but, I mean, soup those things up. I mean, you know, you could change the torque sensors in them. There's a lot of things you could do to, to make those things a little stronger and better just for a race. I mean, next thing you know, you're going to have to have a, a equipment check on them, you know? Well, they even have, I like to, see, you see a few little clips on YouTube here and there, the, the, the Tour de France, the road cycling, there's yeah. still debate on some of those guys with yeah. motors in them, bikes, isn't there? You yeah. see, you see one guy, it's the guy that Ryder Heschnell that used to ride, ride for Trek when Boots was kind of, kind of same time. Mm-hmm. He was a cross-country mountain biker, then he went into road and made it big. I think he won the Tour of Italy. But there's a video clip, and anybody watch this, you could, I, I, if you think if you Google his name, and I think you might, it might be the um, Tour of Italy, um, he, he crashes on an uphill, or he crashes anyway, and his, his, his motors, or what's, that's what they say, but I guess he didn't get, I don't think, I seem to remember reading into it at the time, but it's very suspect watching that video. And I guess yeah. I've seen here and there, I think Lance Armstrong's talked about it a few times on his podcast yeah. over the years. I um, think the way they find out if you're cheating is really basically just weigh the bikes. Because mm-hmm. then you have an idea if there's an extra, a couple extra pounds on there that, where's it at? Yeah, you yeah. Because all those bikes all pretty much weigh about the same. You know, there's not too much differential. And if there's one substantially heavier... Well, maybe there's something in there that's not supposed to be in there. Yeah. Well, I might sound a bit dumb and we're going to talk e-bikes and stuff. I really know nothing about it. Just just like talking to you or a few friends. I haven't. I've had a few little goes on them in parking lots and stuff, but they're definitely fun. But um, obviously you're heavily into it and you have a new sponsor now. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. I just went over to uh, a German brand called Canyon, which is uh, Consumer Direct. How long have they been around? I mean, I heard the name. They have a legit team and everything, don't they? I think they? they've been around since 95, if I, my research was right and I can remember. Yeah, yeah. So how did that come around? It uh, just kind of came around with, with Shimano, basically. You have a good relationship with Shimano, don't you? Yeah. Um, yeah they've, uh, they've been really good. I mean, obviously, 
there was a big gap where I wasn't involved in bicycles and stuff. But then all of a sudden, when the e-bike phenomenon started taking off and I was in need of a bike or looking for a bike, it kind of worked out perfectly with my association with Steve Blick and Oakley. Next thing you know, uh, Shimano needed somebody to do a video for, you know, about their mm -hmm. bike advancement, so. Yeah, yeah. Is. And so them guys kind of link you up with Canyon and you guys, and you just showed me a picture yep, of your bike, which you're, you picked up, right? Or are you picking up tomorrow? I picked it up yesterday. Okay. In Shimano. And did a little photo shoot yesterday at Canyon. And uh, going to take it out for its inaugural ride here in a few hours. Are you going to go with Mr. PK Ripper? Yeah. Where are you guys going to go? Daily Ranch up in Escondido. Okay. By Lake Dixon up there. That's Where does PK cool live place. now? It's San Diego. He's in Oceanside. Okay, I thought it was San Diego. I yeah. it was San Diego. No, he's in Oceanside. Well, I guess that is San Diego, kind of. You know. Still San Diego County. He kind yeah. of, you know, he reps between here and Orange County, so it kind of splits it perfectly. Yeah. In there. And he's still with SE and Busy, right? SE, Fuji, and all of them. Yeah, yeah. So, what's the plan with Kenyon then? So, kind of like a brand ambassador type thing, or yeah. just be out there and do stuff? Just out there promoting the, you know, the Canyon brand with the EP8 motor from Shimano, the new motor, and just uh, spreading the knowledge. Now, you've been telling me some of your sponsors and stuff, so give us, because uh, I only heard of some of the people you work yeah. with. I've got a deal with Kuat Racks, which is... Uh, you know, when I first got this e-bike, no, the, the, the first bike I got in 2018 was an e-bike. I had a, uh, a Saris rack, and this e-bike barely even fit on this I thing. remember that, yeah, and yeah. Immediately, I went down to San Diego and, and went to my buddy at the uh, Trek store, and he hooked me up with a Yakima rack, a Yakima holdup, and I had a Yakima rack on there. And uh, that was good for that dealing, and then basically I came across... Uh, an opportunity with Kuat, and Kuat makes like, it's like the, it's it's the high performance bike rack out there. I mean, it's solid and sturdy. Engineering on that thing is great mm -hmm. on there. And I also have a deal with Tannis Armor, which is a tire insert on there, because on the mountain bikes, especially in Arizona, you can go tubeless on there, but uh, the tube, the, you know, stands no tube or whatever you use in there tends to dry up because of the heat temperature out there. So it doesn't last very long. So you've got to keep pouring stands in there. With the tire insert, a tire insert is basically a, a foam lining between your inner tube and your tire. And it's very hard to penetrate the tube with that insert in between there. And for me, and the other bonus with that too is you've got a 50-pound bike you can run a little lower air pressure and not get a pinch flat or uh, burp the tire mm -hmm. on there. So the tire insert with an e-bike for me is a win-win situation. The last thing I need to do anyway is be fixing a flat out there when I can barely even walk. Mm -hmm. So the tire insert's great from Tannis Armor. And I'm also doing a thing with uh, allkidsbike.org. I've been look, looked a little bit at that because I see Lopes in it, and that's obviously a Steve Blake thing, right? That, yeah. So when he left Oakley, he yeah. set that up, right? Yeah, and what it is, it's part of the Strider Foundation, if I'm right. And what you do is they go into like a, a kindergarten, an elementary school to the kindergartner class, and they try to raise money, like $5,000, and that funds the curriculum, everything that needs for this, and 22 Strider bikes, 
And the Strider bikes stay with the school. They stay with the, the kindergartner class, not the kids. The kids don't take these home or they you know, don't get them at the end of the school year. It stays with that class. And every year they reuse them from the kindergartners to learn how to basically use a balance bike. Great idea. And I, I just see some of the names attached to it. Like obviously Steve Blake's got great contacts and relationships through his Shimano. Yeah. Um, Oakley. Why do I keep saying Shimano? Oh, Steve Blake was Oakley, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously as he knows a lot of people and I see all kinds of people like uh, involved in that. So that's cool that you're... It's really good. And if you've seen there, ever seen any of the videos on YouTube, uh, it's pretty awesome to see those little kids. When you think about it, you know, a lot of, you know, Kids don't get the opportunity to really ride a bike until they're maybe 10 years old, early teens. Mm -hmm. If their parents haven't been involved, their parents don't ride a bike. Mm -hmm. It's really, you know, you don't get them involved that early in that age. So exposing them to two wheels like that Mm -hmm. at such a, you know, at five years old. No, it works because sometimes when we, over the years when we've done our school program, sometimes I've gone to some of these schools and Mm -hmm. some of the kids have really not rode a bike, which is, you know, and they're like, like you said, 10, 12, 13, 14 year old people that have, uh, kids that have never rode bikes. I never rode a bike until I was probably nine years old. And that's only because one of my neighbor kids had one and I would borrow his bike and try to ride it. And, you know, I'd ride it in the grass field and roll down and crash. Then I finally figured out how to ride a bike somehow. I don't remember, but... I figured out how to ride a bike, and then I got a bike for my 10th birthday, and next thing you know, we put some motocross bars on it and went to a race. <laughs> and you became a pretty fast rider to say it was a late start. So, um, what, and it, so events or anything, or just kind of hang out, do video, and ride, and... Just ride, do videos, uh, let's see, maybe... Maybe eventually to... there'll be some kind of event for you, right? I'm sure, the way it's growing so quick. Well, I know they had like an adaptive e-bike race at Big Bear a couple of years ago uh-huh. that I saw some guys race, but I'm not, you know, that is a place where my accident did happen. Yeah. And I just, I, I'm just going to kind of stay away from that. Yes. I'm just more of an ambassador yeah. for the e-bike. You know, I, I like going to the Sea Otter. Uh, let's see, the Sea Otter Classic, the Sedona Mountain Bike Festival, and I'd like to go to the Bentonville Mountain Bike Festival in June, but I'm not, I have, other, I have to go to a wedding Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to pass on that one. But wherever I go, if I travel someplace, try to get an e-bike and go riding. Yeah. Well, with social else. media now, you don't really have to. I mean, BMX racing is probably one of the last few, at least in the the cycling, what I see. You know, my, my what, I, what I look at, it seems like it's still the only real um, sport where you have to race to make money. It's maybe a couple of people are starting to branch off and do stuff. But obviously, in mountain bike, skateboarding, freestyle, you really don't have to compete. And like I say, now with social media and video and camera you've got drones and all kinds of stuff so you're yeah. pretty 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 out there busy anyway you yeah. know so i think it's great great for you right yeah i mean don't get me wrong i like the the 80s where you didn't have to do your own self-marketing right yeah you know, yeah you just go and take some pictures and the magazine would print them and that'd be it and now you know you've got to be your own pr person which is kind of I think it's cool a little bit somewhat for like us because we did all that stuff and we yeah. haven't missed out but being a top pro rider now and having to try and still compete at the top level. And, and obviously you've got yeah. to do all this other extra stuff as well, at least if you want to be relevant and, and make a living at it. So it's definitely yeah. like double work for him, um, finding that balance, I guess, to do it. But I think for guys like us that have kind of, you know, kind of passed the the peak of your career or way past yeah. the pot, 
you know, we can kind of have fun with it and it's not really a full-time job, but it's still kind of, I, I enjoy it. It's still kind of like you do it as you, as you know, you go weeks without doing anything or you can, yeah. you know, bang out some content, you know. But it so. just sure is nice to have somebody else do it and you don't have to do it for yourself. Yeah, well, if you're a big it's dog, cool. yeah, they have video guys that just follow them around and do it, don't they, you know, yeah. so all good stuff. Um, what else? Are you just telling me Seattle? So that, that, that's what we're talking about, what's going to be back on this year. So potentially Seattle might be back on? Seattle, I think, is supposed to happen in early October. Oh, that'd be I cool. Think, up in... Uh, Same spot, right? Yeah, up in Monterey, in Laguna Seca. And so that'll be happening. And I think, you know, some of the events that were postponed, they're just being postponed because of COVID, because we're trying to get this herd immunity, get everybody to get their second shots. So Have you had a shot? I haven't got one yet because I'm not eligible just yet. Right. So hopefully in the next couple of phases. My mom just got her second shot. Uh, yeah, my wife's, yeah, exactly. Same as my mom and dad. Uh, my wife's mom and dad just got their second one as well. My mom and dad in England got the first one, but the to the second one in England is as longer gap before you get the second one. Yeah, my mom was a little hesitant at the beginning, but I told her I said, you know, you're 78 years old. Yeah, I mean, it's okay, just get it. You know, you don't want to die of COVID. No, you know, but at the same time. You know, you're not going to die from getting the shot. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? Give it a whirl, isn't it? Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else we need to talk about on mountain biking? Anything else on mountain biking? Just the technology keeps getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you look at what the bikes were four years ago, two years ago, and you look at them now, I mean, they're getting really nice. It's so hard. Like, I want to get into it. And, I, you know, all the boys, Jason, and everybody's riding and stuff, and I... Was I really like, okay, I'm going to buy a bike, you know, like I started researching and Jason's, you know, he's like you, he's really techie and into it. He's like, look at this bike, look at that. And I started talking to different people, what bikes to get and stuff. And then, you know, then I started realizing, well, camps is my thing now. When when I do camps, I like to ride my BMX. I'm like, you know, I, anyway, so I basically, plus it's hard to get bikes now. That's what I started to find at the same time. I'm like, you know what, I'll put the mountain bike a little bit more on hold. Yeah. But at the same time, it's so hard to like, like I am so out of out of date, you know, apart, I obviously follow a bit of the racing stuff, but like technically what bikes and like, there's a lot to learn, isn't there, you know? Yeah. All these brands. It's a whole different, I mean, you look at the cost and there's a reason why there's a cost on it. I mean, if you think, mm-hmm. that's why some people don't want to spend 10 grand or even five grand on a bicycle. They look at it and go, oh my God, you know, I could buy a car. But if you look at the technical, technical advancements that they've made over the years regarding the materials and the... The, the process of, of what they do now, you know, and the engineering part of it that goes into it, I mean, those things are really a piece of art, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at some of the bikes that are, you know, $7,500 and up, some of those bikes are just, they're amazing. And the motor, motocross world kind of seems like, I listen to a lot of their podcasts and they're like KTM, right? And, and is Lopes sponsored by Yamaha or somebody? Yeah, Lopes is, I think, yeah. an ambassador for Yamaha bicycles. So it's the crossovers getting closer together with the with the with the bicycle world, isn't yeah. it? And keep reading like e-bikes is going to get bigger and bigger, right? Yeah, I know. I'm sure the KTM guys are riding a KTM e-bike every now and then. Um, you've got uh, Ken Roxon also doing promotional work for Canyon mm-hmm. on there. He's your teammate then, right? I guess so. Yeah. I guess yeah. Yeah. Say that. Yeah. I like he's my favorite at the moment. I want him to win. I, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I think everybody kind of likes him because they yeah. knew two years ago his struggles with those crashes and all those surgeries he had. Yeah. And now you're finally seeing him come back and he's winning. It, well, he's, he's real as well. You yeah. know what I mean? He's not like stiff, 
Some of the guys yeah. are pretty pretty stiff. Not stiff riding, but obviously the interviews aren't, but he seems like he's a real... He's got his personality. Yeah, yeah, I like humble. that. Yes, and obviously he's a great style and, and everything. Yeah. And, um, he's, and he's winning on a Honda, which brings back, you know, memories of of the 70s and the 80s. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think Cooper Webb's going to be tough, but it's definitely a good start for Roxton. Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying watching it anyway. Um, let's talk a little BMX, because huh? we are BMX people. Um, so you were telling me Hall of Fame might be back on this year? Is that a secret? Or, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure it would. I'm sure it's going to be, because they're moving everything back there, so I wouldn't see no reason for it not to be. I mean, I'm not inside. But you seem to think it's going to be in Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so, because the museum's going to be there. So the inaugural year, I wouldn't see why not, you know. That's so, a bummer, man. I really enjoyed it here. I know. It's a nice thing. I mean, maybe they can always, I don't know, have the induction We can, we can have a reunion, just a BMX <laughs> drinking reunion weekend in San Diego. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with San Diego in October. Oh, it was always so fun. I, I always thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, you made it. It's got to be hard for you because you really made a big week of it and everything, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I know? made it a big reunion for everybody to play yeah. off and have some fun other than just coming here and going to the ceremony, yeah. the induction. Maybe you just organize a big weekend still. It'll yeah. Be fun. Um, so we were talking a little bit before we hit record. Um, myself and Paul, I don't know if you listened to the last podcast, Paul Roberts, we did a kind of an Englishy mm-hmm. uh, podcast just about past and present and riders and stuff. And, um, you know, the, the goat is always a good um, subject. But then I was, I was asking you a little bit more because... I don't know that much history about the 70s and early 80s like that. Like, I would assume Stu was the man, right? What was his... I mean, I obviously know who Stu is and I know he was yeah. great and everything, but what was his actual, you know, like like, like we say Maris in the, whenever it was, the, the 2000s, the Olympic era, you'd say Maris to Sam Willoughby. Right. And obviously then into Connor. But would you say like 70s, early 80s, is it Stu or Hill or Stu and Hill and David Clinton and them guys before Stu? I want want to know how that all kind of, you know? You know, maybe I would do Stuart 1A, Greg 1B. Uh And the only reason why is because the way I look at it is, you know, when we first started out in the sport in 70, you know, in the early 70s, Stuart really came across, I think, as the, the number one guy when he won, I think, the Yamaha Gold Cup. The class was 16 and over expert. No pro then at that. There was no pro. Okay. There was not even a 17 expert or an 18 expert. It was 16 and over and, and that was it. And that's who dominated the 16 and over expert class. When you look at 74 or 5 when the Yamaha Gold Cup was at 74, I think. That's who won the race. And if you look, he still won races every year up until almost the mid to late 80s. I remember... You know, thinking about it, I said, damn, he won one of those bursty races back there in Paris in 80, you know, mid-80s to late-80s, and you think about it. It would have been about 86, 87, maybe. Yeah. So when he was dominating a 16 expert, you know, I was probably a 9 or a 10-year-old, you know, and and the only reason I wouldn't say Greg is because Greg was only 11 years old back in 75 or So when did they meet up then? Like 82, 83? When Greg was legit GT Pro. I would say Greg probably turned like in 80 or 81 of my memory. Well, he won that Jag Worlds on GT. Because he was 14 when he turned pro. He was the earliest, the youngest guy to turn pro at 14. So, you know, then he built his own reputation and he did well. And... 
Well, I'll, the Jaguar Championships was 82, right? The Rennie Roca Tropicana Hotel. It started and the, that one was 82 probably, but there was also two more in Indianapolis, which was like 79 and 80. But they hadn't ra- had they raced then then? Or Greg had no, raced? they didn't race then together. Because no, on the gate, it's like, you know, it's, it, yeah. it zooms in on Stu and Greg. Yeah. Um, he may the, have raced like in 81 or something like that. I don't know the exact date. You probably yeah. have to talk, to talk to Greg and Stuart exactly on, on those ideas. But that's the only reason why I would say Stuart, because... He was a man in 74, and he was still pretty damn good in 87, mm-hmm. or whenever, 86, or whenever he decided to hang him up Yeah, on there. What, um, so like the, the GOAT, you really couldn't even do one. It seems, I always, you know, when I'm talking about it and stuff, it seems so hard to even say who it is or... Potentially, you got to do yeah. one of each era, aren't you? You think? Yeah. So would you say? Because everybody has like their little window of opportunity where they're really good. Yeah. And then they fade away. Yes. And then maybe they come back and they do a little bit better. But it's just everybody's got that little hot window, mm-hmm. and it lasts usually about, I want to say, two years, and then they maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on that situation, but they have a little hot window where they're just really fast. Yeah. Still would be a good podcast. I got got to do one one day. One of them. Yeah, I bet you cool. he would be. I'd like to hear what he has to say. He's never, he's not really, he's kind of quiet and he doesn't really, Yeah, I don't think I've heard too many. Yeah, I think I mean, he did a few on the rail of the berm. I think they did a couple of little things with him, yeah. But um, yeah, it would be cool to to do that. Um, and then, then would you say from Hill, that's when him and Pistol kind of entwined and battled? or yeah. And then Ellis I mean, kind of, and then... You know, you could throw in Ronnie Anderson. Okay, you could Ronnie. Throw in yeah. all the guys in between. I mean, the Pattersons. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm like, talking yeah. about that year or two, a window where come guys just like yeah. Because Pattersons both got number one, right? I yeah. Brian. Yeah. And Brent I think as well, one right? of them got back to back. I can't remember the whole scenario, but then you can kind of look at that, and you know, you kind of all wash them in there. But if you look, like I say, Stewart, I always look at longevity. Kind yeah. Of. Like, you know, he won 16 over expert when he was 1975, and he still won the April class or the, you know, an event, a major event in, uh, in like, you know, late 80s, mid to late 80s. So you would say then that era then, the, the 80s, if you say, yeah. someone says to you, who's the best guy in the 80s, you would say Stu Thompson? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I wouldn't put Greg too far behind to that, only because... What would happen if Greg would have been the same age and been pro in 1974? Yeah. Or 16 over expert. You know, maybe, you know, the record books would be rewritten a little bit differently. It's hard to say. Could you say somebody's 70s then, like a David Clinton? I don't know if David Clinton was. I know he was the man, but was there anybody yeah. that beat him or he was the man? He was, he was probably more 73, 74, but then that's only what I see from the magazines. So what I'm trying to say is, can you say like a 70s kind of go, a 80s, a 90s, too, you know? They all blend together. It too blends too much. Yeah. It all blends together way too much. And then obviously things kind of change because if you look at 73, 74, there's no starting gate. Okay. You know, it was a flat <laughs> yeah. I was the goat, but you can say, yeah, I was the goat, but we used yeah. a piece of string to stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we had wooden jumps at some, some events that they raced at. Right. So... Definitely things change, and then you start getting into the 80s, and you know, you get into the NBL, which uses more of an outdoor drag strip type of track, and then you go to an ABA race, which is a, a horseshoe inside of a U inside of a U, indoors in a, hor- a horse arena. <laughs> you know, totally you know, night and day associations. Yeah. You know, one uses the transfer system, the other one uses the three moto system. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. 
it's all fun that, talk. Yeah, it's all beer talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I like about San Diego. We kind of like you can go down to your friend's um, bar when we're on the Friday night. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Uh, Dirty Birds. Yeah, I just like I like to hover around there and just because yeah. like so the real early guys are there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun just listening to them all, you know. Oh yeah, it's uh, good stuff. Um, so have you been watching? Seems like racing, pro racing is kind of you know it seemed kind of everyone was kind of worried looking kind of like it was going to die out last year, but it seems like it's come back. They've put. Back on the schedule, I don't know how much you paid attention, but it seems like a bit more of a national series for the um, pro elites this year. I think they've got a race this weekend. Well, they do have a race this weekend in Alabama. It seems like uh, from social media, a lot of the big guns are going out there. It'd be a good race. Um, have you been paying attention? I hadn't really paid attention to it, but I will tell you, I was at the Winter Nationals, and I don't know who Cam Wood was. Was you impressed? After that main event, and I was like, then I learned a little bit more about him that he's being trained by uh, Sam. Sam. I was like, damn, that's cool, man, because, you know, anytime you see any new blood resurface and he's young and he's an American, it's a good thing for, for BMX. Yeah. You know, I felt the same way, too. I think when uh, Nick Long won the UCI race in Chula Vista, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, finally. Yeah. You know, we got a, some more new young American blood. And then Connor comes in there, and you can see Connor was going to be good too. And now this, we got a new guy named Cam Wood. Well, it'll be interesting to see if this guy can continue because obviously he's a AZ Phoenix, somewhat local, yeah. I think. And we'll see if he. I hope he does because it'd be kind of fun to to see him yeah. battle with Joris and Connor and everybody this year. You know, I don't think he's a fluke. I think he's the real deal. Yeah. Well, we'll find out in a couple of days if he can back it up in a different state. But yeah. I think it's. I think having Sam behind him, I I didn't. I wasn't in Phoenix, but I saw the footage yeah. and the pictures and stuff. And it even to me, I feel like even watching the videos and stuff, he kind of even rode like Sam. Kind of reminded me of Sam a lot. Maybe because right. of gear, Troy Lee yeah. and stuff, you know. I think um, it tells you something about Sam and his training. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. And then Elise as well. So he's good. He's on, on if this Camwood really does, which seems like he's going to really blow up, then Sam yeah. is going to be um, two of the fastest, you know, working with. So... Um, so Olympics, have you been? Do you think that's going to happen? They said again yes a couple of days ago. It's definitely happening. I think it will. Maybe without people around in yeah. the stands, but I think it will happen. There's so, too much money. Mm-hmm. Way too much money. I mean, the IOC. I don't know what they charge, but it ain't cheap. Yeah. You know, with or without fans, they'll be okay with it. Kind of hope so. It'll be kind yeah. of fun to watch it all, won't it? You know. Yeah. It wouldn't be. You know, you have to wait till twenty twenty two to put fans in there. I don't know. We'll see. They, the next one's going to be in, you know, 2024. Where's next? Paris? I don't know. I can't even, uh, yeah. yeah. I think, then LA after, I think, right? I think you're right, yeah. Uh, we'll be, we'll, we'll be old. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be real old by then. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, I don't know, anything else we need to touch on? Or just a little quickie? Yeah, it's a little quickie, nothing major. I saw, um, me and Jason talked about it about a month ago when we did the podcast Chad Reed's all into it I assume it is at your brother's track a lot with his family it's pretty cool yeah, I've eh? seen that I haven't talked to him too much about that but I see he's there and he's got his kids all involved in it and, which is a good thing is your brother I see pictures here and there does he actually ride a 20 inch around the track he's had a 20 inch in the garage for a while but have you ever seen him out on the track with it I think it's more for a photo op I, I'm sure he could still be pretty oh I'm sure he could but, I'm but he's sure. on road bike right my yeah. bike Next thing you know, I'm sure someone will want to challenge him in a race or something, and he'll have to right. not back down and have to do something about it. So he doesn't want to get too close to the track where somebody will have to say, hey, yeah, yeah. I need to go out there and uh, 
you know, go raise uh, Derek <laughs> Roof or somebody. <laughs> right. Well, I think um, I was talking to Pete, Pete D, because I guess Chad Reed, you know, they, they're all chase. And so Pete talks mm -hmm. a little bit. I guess he, he spoke a little bit about he wanted to maybe race, you know. So that'd be kind of cool to see him race. Oh, Chad? Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. he's got a 20-inch, so. Ah, that'd be good. Yeah. Let's just see the Chad Reed, uh, Mike King race. That could be cool. There you go. At Rock Hill on the <laughs> Supercross track. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I think we'll, we'll, uh, we'll just call it a quick one then. Um, yeah, so when all this um, Canyon press release and all this stuff comes out, where can we see know. it all? I guess it, we could, any, any moment now. Yeah, yeah, I guess you we'll know? put this on after. I'll wait till you posted all that, that stuff. Yeah, so. I'm just waiting for some photos to come back, but it should be good. Yeah, yeah, all right, cool stuff. Eddie, thanks, always good chatting. And uh, right. let's go and have a Starbucks. <laughs>